Hey everyone, this week on the Players Experience Podcast, we chat with MLS alumni Dwayne DiRosario. DiRo goes over what it was like to go through soccer, get into the MLS, what his pro career was like, including competing in four MLS Cup championships and scoring two golden goals in the process, what it was also like to leave a two-time repeat MLS Cup champion with Houston and come back up to Canada to play with the FC and also to captain the FC as well. We talk about all that, including his book and so much more. Before we bring Dwayne onto the show, we just want to give a shout out to our production team, Jay Salty Photography and Vicmar Productions for their work that they do with each and every episode each week. Shout out to our marketing team, 19 Marketing, for the merch and productions that they do with all of our merch for the show. And also, guys, if you want to get some discounts on Hush Blankets, Jaywalk, or the Great North Apparel, use the Players Experience discount code to get some discounts on checkouts. And lastly, guys, if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Subscribe to the show now through YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so that you don't miss a beat on any great and exciting content each and every week as we chat with pro athletes, sport reporters, and individuals in sport about their careers, experiences, and work. Now, without further ado, let's bring Dwayne DiRosario on the show and talk about his soccer career. Wayne DiRosario, how are you today, sir? Good, thank you. Yourself? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. Uh, how have things been throughout uh, COVID and the pandemic for you? Um, you know, like everybody else, there's been its um, positive and not so positive moments, but I uh, was trying to keep it hopeful, trying to keep it positive, and um, just trying to keep my mind focused. Um, obviously, through this time, I've been able to manifest some uh, my creative side and um, at the same time keep my kids busy and keeping them active most importantly that's awesome yeah I've tuned into some of your Instagram lives when you've done like the the chill reggae music nights and some workouts and they've been great man it's been awesome to see so I'm glad you enjoy it um, so I like to start off every conversation I have with a segment called Rapid Fire. So I'm going to ask you four quick questions and just spit out the first thing that comes to mind. Um, so what is your favorite time of day? Uh, favorite time of day would be four o'clock, four or five o'clock. All right. So about, about now. Cool. Cool. Uh, strangest thing in your fridge right now? Um, strangest thing. I don't know. It's the strangest thing in my fridge. Okay, we can skip that. Then. <laughs> I cleaned out my fridge the other day. That's why I mean, it's COVID, so I just keep trying to find new projects. Cool, cool. Uh, what's the TV show? Pepper that sauce. What's that? Pepper sauce. Pepper sauce. Okay. okay. It's, not, it's not strange to me, but hey, it's it's unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is a TV show that you're currently watching right now? Oh, man, I don't watch TV shows. Fair enough. You're, you're busy on the field. I get it. Uh, and what would be another sport you would want to compete in? Basketball. Basketball? Okay, cool. Right to it. I like it. So where, did, where and when did the passion start for you uh, for soccer and wanting to be a pro athlete in soccer? Um, started probably 
Well, I've always been involved in, in, in soccer, but I think when I decided to, to take the game to the next level, it was probably around 15, 16. Okay, cool. Now you, decided, started, yeah. now, you started your career with the San Jose Earthquakes in 2001 uh, when Frank Yellow picked you up as one of his acquisitions. What was the feeling around like being able to start your MLS, uh, MLS career with San Jose? Well, that that wasn't my my career. That was um, that was my first MLS team because before that I played in Germany, uh, played for Toronto Lynx, played for the Richmond Kickers. So I I had a pro career before that. But um, you know, obviously having the opportunity to, well, there's a story behind that because I was I was with DC and Frankie Alp was the assistant coach at DC, and um, Thomas Rognan, who's um who else he does reporting for, for, for quite a few games. Uh, he wanted to take me, and Frank got the, the heads up that he was going to be the head coach for San Jose Earthquakes and, and asked me, you know, if, if I would come with him to San Jose. Um, obviously, playing with the national team with Frank, um, knowing, knowing his roots, for me, I think that, that, that made more sense, and I'm glad I made that decision because it worked out pretty good. Um, so it was it was good to, to 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 play for a fellow Canadian. It was good to win um, a cup with with a fellow Canadian as the coach, and um, we just we just created a good bond, a good understanding, and 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 a, and a, a good player coach friendship. That's incredible, and yeah, that bond between player and coach is so important uh, in the sport and and even in the game today. And it's uh, truly makes for what could be a great chemistry on the field and what represents on there too. Um, yeah. And especially, especially at that time, there wasn't a whole, uh, there wasn't a lot of Canadian presence. So having Frank Yap as a Canadian coach, um, I, I, I think he's the first Canadian to ever coach an MLS team, but um, we, we don't even see that today, much less. So to have him coach, coaching the team, that, that Canadian presence was a very, we were very proud. Um, you know, there wasn't a, a whole lot of, Canadians in the league. Jeff Andre would just re, just retired from MLS. Uh, Jason Bent was playing, and um, I don't even think Pat Anstead was in the league at that time. So um, we were waving the flag, and, and he was my coach. So you know, we, it was extremely, uh, even more so, uh, um, amazing to have a fellow Canadian. You know, talking about that chemistry, in your first season with the Earthquakes, you scored the golden goal, if you will, to help win an MLS Cup and was also named MLS Cup MVP. What was the determination behind making a name for yourself so early and, and working on that chemistry to, to um, have that result? Um, I, it, it, it just worked out that way. You know, we didn't plan, I didn't plan it. Obviously, Frank was... In a tough position, here he was me, a hungry Canadian kid, um, ready to to take MLS by storm. You had a landed young Landon Donovan, who was a prodigy for US at the time, um, trying to make a name for himself and prove everyone that he's the um, he was he was what the hype made him out to be. And then you had a veteran like Ronald Cerritos there. Um, you had Brian Ching there as well, um, another US national team player so he, he he had to juggle all these players and he did a great job because he was very um his communication was very open door policy with all of us uh, and um he just kept he, he just kept telling me that listen you know just be patient and and when you when you get your chance just 
know, keep doing your thing. And, and, and that's what I was doing. And I was making his job actually a lot more difficult. Um, but, you know, for, for him to have that trust in me to put me on in the final, um, obviously that trust I, ha- I had to earn from, you know, throughout the season. But um, in a game like that, for him to, to trust to put me on uh, was, you know, just showed, again, our, our relationship. And, and not only that, him believing in me and, and me also um, taking responsibility and, and ownership for, for how I conducted myself as a, as, a, as a pro and how I wanted to be represented um, as a player, as a Canadian and, and in this league. That's incredible. Well, kudos to you because um, doing all that is definitely hard work and determination for sure. And after your first MLS Cup, you ended up going on to win a second, third, and a fourth MLS Cup as well. Out of those four Cup appearances, which experience do you think you had the most fun at or was the most like challenging with the most benefit to it? Well, actually, technically it's five because I won one in the MLS uh, with TFC as well. Um, that was fun because I wasn't a player, so I wasn't really tired. So I got to enjoy that a little bit more than than, than when I was uh when than when I was was playing. But it, it's it's really hard to say which one I enjoyed more because I enjoyed every MLS Cup. I mean, championship. Um, it, it's everyone is special. There's no way I can sit down and say one was more special than the other. Even though I scored two MLS. Um, golden goals um, for two of those but even the ones that um that I still contribute in doesn't mean that those ones are more special than the other they're just just you know winning a winning a cup winning the ultimate prize is is all your hard work all your sacrifices all the commitments all the things that you go through in a season to um you know to accomplish that feat now I will say um 2003 was 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 special because personally um i was going through a lot that year um i fractured my my fifth metatorso with the canadian national with the men's team and um during our preseason in san jose uh we were getting ready for a friendly against uh the u.s i think um so i fractured my fifth metatorso in practice two days before that that game um and then of course that was my breakout year for 2003 uh and then I end up returning, and my first game back, I end up, um, uh, you know, having a knee injury where I, where I tore my LCL and meniscus. So that put me out. That was supposed to be a, uh, I was supposed to be out for the year, but um, you know, I, I I got to got to work, went to went to the islands, got some treatment, did some therapy training. I was able to return in August. Um, where I w- where my third game back was able to 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 um, accomplish my first hat trick, and then that year, that same year, we beat Chicago in the final. Um, I came, I, I started the first game, the first leg in LA, and then pulled my hamstring, and I missed the second leg in LA, where everyone knows that um, amazing. For me, I think it was the the biggest comeback. Um, Definitely, I've been a part of, but I think it could be up there not only in MLS but sports history. Um, uh, everyone knows about that game against against LA and San Jose, um, and watching that and being injured, not knowing if I would be able to have participate in the finals, and then of course doing what I can to be ready for the finals and coming and contributing to Landon's goal 
um, and winning that was was just all that you know encompass all that that was that was extremely a special one. Now, to like, I don't know how I could forget about your championship with Toronto FC because being a local kid from Scarborough. Like you playing for CFC is also a huge uh, accomplishment too. You get mm-hmm. to have all your friends and family there. Um, you joined with the TFC in 2009, and after joining uh, the team in 2010, you were named captain. What was it like for you to play local, be that hometown hero uh, in Toronto, and then be the leader of the team? Well, it, it was tough at first because I was leaving, leaving a, a back-to-back championship team in, in uh, Houston. Um, obviously, it was a team from San Jose that relocated to Houston. So I had, um, I, I, was, I was very comfortable. Um, I knew what was being asked of me. I knew the players. I knew the environment. They're, they're building the team around me. So, but seeing, seeing 2007, the, the first season, you know, it was special. It was special knowing that TFC was a part of MLS. And it was special that um, the world got to see Toronto uh, in a different light. Because when you, when you go around the world and you hear Toronto, you don't think of soccer. Um, but I grew up in, in, in the inner city communities here all over Ontario. I knew how much soccer means to so many communities. And, um, you know, how passionate you know, the soccer community is here in Toronto, not only passionate, but knowledgeable. And I think we saw that at BMO, that, that inaugural kickoff for the first game of 2007 season. Um, so seeing that, it, uh, it, definitely, it definitely sat with me. And it was like, man, uh, I had a call with Dominic, who was the coach at Houston at the time. And I said, listen, you know, I really want to go back home and be a part of that because 2007 we went back to back. Um, my aunt passed away, um, and that was very difficult. So I just felt like so much of my career was always spent outside of Canada. Like, I, I haven't lived in Canada from since. So that, I don't think that time was since maybe 97. Okay. So 2009 was my first time coming back and actually living in Canada from since I left. So, you know, it was nice to be, yeah, it was nice to play in front of your community. It was nice to play in front of the family. But I didn't come here to, to do that. I came here to win. You know, I came here to 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 take Toronto to to that next level, and I want to think in in a lot of respects I was able to achieve that winning their first trophy in in the Neutralite Cup, back to back, and um, you know obviously you know we didn't make the playoffs, but you know I was you know doing what I could on the field to 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 try to make that happen. But anytime you play for your city, it's definitely very very rewarding, and it's a it was a great feeling. That's incredible. Now, being a local kid, we had a fan question coming in. From Scarborough, where's the best place to get a Jamaican beef patty? <laughs> Man, um, I, I want to say Allen's patties is, is, is the best ones. Um, uh, Allen's patties is, 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 is the best place. Now, wherever sells Allen's patties is pretty much... The best spot. Now, I know there's some new places that came up um, trying to be very creative and making patty sandwiches and all that stuff. I haven't, I've yet to try it yet. But um, Jamaican food in general, it'll be a tough one. Um, Island Spice is good. They're always consistent. And, and um, uh, Mark, uh, Markham and uh, McCowan and Pitfield 
uh, Giddis is good. Uh, Giddis, right? Giddis and Eglinton, uh, Eglinton, Nona Ellesmere, and, and, and Kennedy. Um, you know, Scarborough. So many places like that, that come to mind where, where, where you to get good Jamaican food. But um, I can tell you where you get good Guyanese food. You could get that at... Um, you could get that at Wendy's. You could get that at Sea Town. You could get that at where where we go it was the next one Sapphire. A lot of good guy in these places. And then you want a roti. You could go to Mona's. You can go to Roti Hut. You go Jupiter's. There you go, guys. You heard it first. Go to all <laughs> these places. Tell them B Real sent you. Exactly. Yeah, for real. Tell them I sent you. You you won't go wrong at any of those places. I guarantee you that. That's great. Now, we just have a couple uh, questions left for you. Uh, talking about the expansion of soccer and soccer leagues, recently there was an, an announcement about a Euro Super League. What are your thoughts around the Super League, and how do you think it'll impact the game as we've seen some teams back out, some teams for it? What are your thoughts around it? Um, well, it, it's not happening, so that's, that's – uh, but I'm, I'm happy about that. I think that's um, – I'm definitely not for it. I think there's just too much um, history. There's too much, you know, it, it, to take away the top teams, quote unquote, top teams of of all the all, all the leagues in Europe. Um, you can imagine how 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 much of a blow that would be to to, to the leagues. Um, I'm just grateful that the fans stepped up and 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 made their voice heard and and made the clubs think otherwise. Um, this 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 game is this this game is never you know soccer is really a grassroots game soccer's for all classes and 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 the, what makes it unique for 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 you know the top teams in say England to play in there or the top teams in La Liga or Syria or or Bundesliga or or league league uh, is that you know those lower teams those underdog teams get an opportunity to play against those top teams and they could beat them. On any given day, you take away that whole um, environment. It's it's you 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 not only disrupt the leagues, but you also disrupt soccer globally and internationally. And then it just becomes a cash grab, and it just becomes a game. Um, and, and you know, I never knew it like that. And for the next generation, I think it's it's a it's not a good it's not a good representation of 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 this sport and 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 the history and the legacy of this sport. No words have ever been spoken truer because, yeah, it's definitely a good thing it's not happening. And like you said, shout out to the fans for stepping up and, and voicing their opinion because you're right. It's, it's The teams have such a rich history that you don't want to ruin that, right? <laughs> so my last question... And, and, and the leagues as well. And the leagues, yeah. Now, my last question for you is everyone gets uh, kind of a words of wisdom or advice throughout their career. What would your words of advice be in a, in a segment, uh, or a segment rather, I like to close every show off with words of wisdom to the next kind of soccer generation, the next young athlete that wants to get into soccer and make a name for themselves and get started? Yeah, I'd say just, um, just keep, I know it's kind of sound cliche, but, um, you know, you truly reap what you sow. So in saying that, you know, continuously uh, stay motivated, you know, go after your dream. Uh, continuously put in the work and and it's not going to be comfortable it's not going to be um easy and and try to take the challenges that life give you 
uh, and they come in so many different ways and so many different forms. But just take all those challenges that life gives you, um, turn them around into positives, and translate that when you're working towards your dreams and your goals, and let that be your fuel, let that be your fire, and let that be your um, your motivation to continuously work hard and to 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 go after your dream. And that's what I did, um, and that's what I was able to. I tried to capture in my book my life and, and give the reader a, a clear idea of kind of what I went through and hopefully kids reading that book or and not even kids just anyone reading that book could get motivated could be inspired and be like wow he he overcame adversity to to get to where he is there's no reason why I can't so that would be my those are some great words of wisdom and do real quick do you want to talk to us about your book and what it's about and how that kind of transformed yeah I was uh it's, it's been about Wow, 2016, 21, that's what, five years? Five years of work, um, back and forth. I was able to, to collab with, a, with, with someone who I respect in their respective field, Brendan Dunlop, as a sports broadcaster. Um, you know, it was, it was an amazing kind of mutual connection. That we, we were able to, to come together at a right time where he was um, – he was looking for something new and exciting in his life. I, I didn't know how to capture my story. I started to write it, believe it or not. And I just couldn't, I couldn't find the right words. I couldn't find, you know, I couldn't find the time to sit down and write my whole book. So um, we came together at the right time and he said, okay, you know, he took, took on the challenge and was willing to um, document my, document my story. So um and and we would we would meet from from you know five years and continuously have meetings and go over back and forth pre proofread how does this sound you know tweak things and you know it's really uh, a story you know it's a story about my life and my journey and and um, you know all these like I, as I mentioned obstacles and hurdles that I went through as an inner city kid a lot of people again that live outside of Toronto even that live in Toronto don't, don't know that you know there's there's some tough environments out out here. You know, there's some real challenging environments, underserved communities that, that need, need attention that are lacking uh, resources. And I grew up in, in, in those communities um, and I was able to make myself something, somewhat, something in a time, in a hockey country, in a time where soccer had no professional or no clear pathways. And I still, you know, made it out, not only myself, but quite a few other players that made it out in that generation. And I just felt it was important to tell our story, to speak our truth. No, oh, well, hey, kudos to you. Brendan Nalam's a friend of the show. And uh, I'm really excited to get my hands on a copy and, uh, and read about your journey uh, through life and, and everything around it. So yeah, um, everyone go out, get D-Row's new book. Uh, what's, and what's the book called again, D-Row? It's called Zero of My Life. There you go. Nice, easy, yeah. right to the point. Thank you so much, d -Row. I really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, hopefully we get some viewers in uh, to read your book. And, uh, and anyone that does, please let us know what you think. And again, uh, d -Row, thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you, man. Thanks for taking the time and all the best to you. And take care of yourself. Yes, you as well. Take care. All right. Peace.